Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu. Morning. It's 8.30 on Tuesday, March 6th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the retirement announcement from Mississippi's senior U.S. senator could shake up politics in the state. Find out how. Then, where do state lawmakers stand on the high-profile bills facing a deadline in the legislature this week? A feature story on the plight of the state's historically black colleges and universities. And we'll hear from a group of Mississippi high school students speaking out about race issues on campus. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi's senior U.S. senator is leaving office in less than a month. Fellow Mississippians say Senator Thad Cochran will leave some big shoes to fill. Legislators from Washington to the Magnolia State released statements supporting the outgoing senator. Mississippi Senate pro tempore Terry Burton of Newton tells MPB's Desiree Frazier Cochran is leaving a strong legacy. Well, in this day and time, in this day and age, to know that there are people willing to work across the aisle and be true statesmen, and try to come to terms and, and reach agreement uh, in a time when compromise is such a dirty word, a negative connotation, to know that there are people who are willing to take that step and compromise on the issues without compromising his principles. He is a man of honor, and he will be missed. Does it come as a surprise at all? We've been hearing these rumors for a good long while now that uh, Senator Cochran would retire at some point uh, before his term ended. April 1st was the date that I had heard earlier this year that he would uh, make his retirement effective. So it did not come as a surprise. It, it does make me sad, though, to know that we're going to lose that leadership and that seniority in the, in the U.S. Senate. He served this state for 46 years in the Senate and he's uh, in House, and he served his country for 46 years as a statesman. And to know that he will no longer be there to protect us and keep us uh, in the minds and hearts of other uh, senators from around the country, we're going to have to have some strong leadership to buy a new pair of shoes because there's no way to fill those. He was chairman of which committees? I know he was chairman of the Appropriations Committee, which is the most important chairmanship he's had, and others over the years that have been very, very important. So he's watched out for Mississippi. He's looked out for us. Some people have already announced um, that they're running for the seat. What happens now? After the resignation, uh, retirement actually occurs. The governor would then uh, call an election to fill that seat or make an appointment to fill that seat. And then when the election time rolls around, an election would be held. uh, And then we would uh, have a new senator in that seat. Thank you so much, Senator Burton. You're welcome. 
Senator Thad Cochran's retirement will be effective April 1st. The announcement comes after months of health difficulties for the 80-year-old Republican. Governor Phil Bryant has until April 11th to appoint a temporary replacement to serve until a special election is held. Speculation is already swirling around just who will fill the seat. Lieutenant Governor Tate Reeves and Secretary of State Delbert Hoseman have been mentioned. Governor Bryant could opt to resign from his post if he chooses himself as the next candidate. Former U.S. Representative Mike Espy has announced his intent to run for the seat. A special election will be held to fill the seat for the term, which runs through January 2021. The state is, or the date is November 6th, the same day as the general election. Senator Cochran spoke with MPB News in 2012 on the opportunities and challenges facing the state. He tells us what the state and country need to get people back to work. Job training is important, and I think federal programs that help support initiatives in the states and local communities for getting people equipped to do the complicated and challenging jobs in the modern economy is something that we need to emphasize more. Is there a shift? I mean, there really seems to be a shift with the technology that's now needed mm-hmm. in all industries. It's- well, I think looking back in Mississippi's history, we pioneered in the junior college, community college system, and my parents both graduated from Heinz community college, and a lot of students back in those days, first of all, couldn't afford to go to Ole Miss or Mississippi State or the University of Southern Mississippi, but the community colleges were accessible and affordable because they could get part-time work uh, when they weren't in the classroom. Um, We've got to take another look at um, how we help the students help themselves. Mississippi uh, has high unemployment still compared to the rest of the country. Is there a difference in um, economical makeup of states in the South compared to other regions of the country? Well, there probably is a disparity and disadvantages in one kind or another. But um, I think we can compete. We The top students in Mississippi compete with the top students anywhere in the U.S. We have some that need extra help. And I think the community college system and our senior colleges as well ought to figure out ways to reach out and uh, help emphasize uh, remediation uh, courses, getting people ready so they can compete at the senior college level. Uh, The Gulf Coast has been knocked down a couple of times. First, Hurricane Katrina was a big knockdown. And then the BP oil spill. And we heard over the weekend that there seems to be a big uh, settlement or a step towards a settlement between BP and coastal residents. Is this going to resolve the issue? Is this this moving forward in a positive way now? This was one of the most serious and devastating storms ever to hit the Gulf of Mexico. And so it's causing trouble continues to cause trouble, but we can't just wring our hands and say this is too complicated for us or we don't have enough money. Uh, We've got to constantly remind ourselves, if if nobody does anything to help us, we've got to do it for ourselves. And we've got to get our best business and political leaders together and say, okay, what needs to be done? One, two, three, four, five. Let's get after it. What are your goals for this for the remainder of this term over the next four years? Well, I think getting our economy back on firm footing, headed in the right direction, being able to compete with uh, industrialized nations in other parts of the world <clears throat> who are making it very difficult. Um, but nonetheless, we, we can. I, and I think to give up on the country would be a big mistake. We've got a lot of talented people. 
We've got a lot of hardworking people in our state as well as throughout the country. So I think it's time for us to roll up our sleeves and get busy. Put put America number one again. When you're in uh, in the Senate, on the Senate floor, what do you tell other senators about Mississippi? How do you represent the state? Well, I try to just say it like it is and uh, take up for the state. I'm not bashful about that. We don't want to get discriminated against in any of the federal legislation that's adopted, skewed in favor of any one region of the country. We want to make sure it's fair to all. These are the guiding principles. You know, and we also hear uh, from others outside the state, there are some bad perceptions of Mississippi, you know, some wrong perceptions. Do you hear those perceptions from your colleagues? Uh, Not from our colleagues. Our colleagues know better. Uh, They've had an opportunity to serve with some of the best people we can send to Washington, members of the House and the Senate. And I think uh, in the time I've been there, we've been uh, well-equipped to take care of our own interests and to protect the interests of our state and the federal legislative process. One last question for you. Any plans four years from now for running for another term? No, that's too far away for me to worry about right now. <laughs> okay. I'm just talk, talking about today and this week and next month and uh, the near term and trying to do as good a job as I possibly can. Senator Thad Cochran, we thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thad Cochran is the third longest tenured member of the U.S. Senate. Coming up, where do state lawmakers stand on the high-profile bills facing a deadline in the legislature this week? We'll find out next. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Robin Young. The BBC is broadcasting in several new languages, including for listeners in West Africa, the very popular Pidgin English. Today, go visit some states where don't suffer different security matters for the country. From today, March 5, Buhari go land for Taraba, followed by Benue, Zamfara, and River States. Next time, here and now. Today at noon on MPB Think Radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Several controversial bills await a vote up or down by Mississippi lawmakers before tomorrow's deadline. The Senate is considering two House bills. HB 1510 would change the gestation period associated with the state's ban on abortions, reducing it from 20 weeks to 15 weeks. The other measure, HB 1083, would give school districts the option of arming staff. A Senate committee added the amendment to the bill after it passed the House. Republican Senator Chad McMahon of Guntown says he supports both measures. He tells MPB's Desiree Frazier why. I think there's an opportunity to restrict abortions in Mississippi. You know, most Mississippians do not support abortion on demand. They want limited abortions. They really would like like to not have any abortions except in emergency situations. So I support life. I am a pro-life candidate, and and I like women's health. And many women have come forward to me over the years as I've served as senator and have shared with me stories, not just physical stories about how they were their insides were mutilated when they had abortions uh, when they were young ladies and then they're unable to have children later in life but many times mental health where where women go on into normal healthy relationships later in life and realize that they aborted their first child so it's it's not just an abortion issue for me but it's a women's physical and mental health as well what about in terms of changing it from 20 weeks to 15 and the issue of when uh, a baby is really a life? Are we cutting it narrow there? 
Well, I believe that life begins at conception. That's what the Bible said. The, Bible, the Lord said in Isaiah, I knew you in the womb. said in Jeremiah, I knitted you together in the womb. And so I believe that life begins at conception. Uh, I'm an evangelical Christian, that's, so that's my position on life. And to be quite honest with you, I wish that, you know, I wish everyone in Mississippi that wanted to consider having abortion, I wish they would consider adoption or considered, you know, giving that child a family. There's thousands of families across Mississippi that would like to have a baby. On to uh, the concealed carry on public property. Uh, The committee that heard the bill added that school staff, with the proper instruction and certification, could optionally carry a firearm. Where do you stand on that as you prepare to vote on it? Well, I've consulted with the four great public uh, school superintendents that I represent, and the majority of them, not all four of them, but the majority of them would support some type of policy for licensed, certified, uh, concealed carry permitted teachers to carry a firearm on them in in the classroom. But it would be really, I believe in self-governance, so really that would... It depends on school system to school system. I don't want to enforce anything upon the superintendents, but the school boards and the superintendents that want to make a policy change and have those policies in place for a teacher to be armed, I would fully support that. So you would vote yes as an option? I would vote to allow the local school boards the control to set their own policy. Senator Chad McMahon of Guntown. Democratic Senator Angela Turner-Ford of West Point says she's against the abortion bill. She explains her position on the bills to our Desiree Frazier. I oppose it um, just based on the research that I've conducted up to this point. Viability is the the line that's drawn um, between to get an abortion or not, or um, I would say what's legal. And I believe that a 15-week ban goes too far. I don't think that there's anyone that would say that a fetus is viable at 15 weeks. Certainly, um, going back to check the statistics back when the personhood amendment was before the state, my district um, did not support it, so I don't intend to support it either. When you say viability, what do you mean by that? The ability of a fetus to survive outside of the body of the mother. Also, this is a Senate bill, but the concealed carry came out of committee um, adding the ability to arm teachers at an option, as an option. How do you think you are going to vote on that? What are you thinking about that one? I totally disagree with it. Um, I don't think it's limited to teachers. Um, it says school employees, so it could be a custodian or some other staff member. But um, just based on the feedback that I have received by way of email, social media, telephone calls, um, the majority of the contacts that I've received have said, no, they oppose it. I intend to oppose it as well. Is there any bill coming up that really concerns you that you're going to be looking at in the, uh, ahead of the deadline? I think those are the major two that I'll be looking at. Um, of course, there may be some others, but I think those are the two that have the most impact, I believe. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Senator Angela Turner Ford of West Point with MPB's Desiree Frazier. The deadline for action on the bill is tomorrow. Coming up, a feature story on the plight of the state's historically black colleges and universities. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. MPB's digital media workshop for high school students was amazing. I learned new skills and now I'm pursuing a career in film production. 
That's my MPV story. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Fewer African-American students are choosing historically black colleges and universities, or HBCUs. Instead, most opt to attend predominantly white schools. MPB's Ashley Norwood reports on the trends causing the decline and a response from Mississippi's black institutions. Devion Treadway is two years from graduating with a bachelor's degree in English from Mississippi Valley State University, one of the seven historically black colleges and universities in the state. Treadway is a native of Chicago and the first male in his family to complete high school and pursue college. He says attending an HBCU was his way out. I lost my own brother to gun violence, gang violence in Chicago. So I knew that I wanted to be as far away from there as possible so that I could really develop myself. I wanted to go somewhere where I could really change something around me. Just 25 years ago, almost half of black college students in Mississippi attended HBCUs. That number fell to 28 percent in the most recent year all data categories were available. Most historically black institutions were created in the 1800s to educate recently freed slaves. Freedmen and other African Americans thought it was important to have an education but were not allowed in already existing white schools. Beverly Wade Hogan is the president of Tougaloo College, a private HBCU located outside of Jackson. If there was going to be a progression from slavery to citizenship, it was going to have to take the path of education. The journey of oppressed people from slavery to citizenship in America to scholarship and leadership. Nikita Beans is a senior social work major at the University of Mississippi. She is also the president of the Black Student Union. Beans says she considered a historically black school, but scholarships weren't as competitive. I decided to go somewhere where I knew my education would be paid for because I didn't want to put myself or my grandfather in like a position to where, you know, I was struggling to pay for college and um, I knew that I wanted like a real, I guess, sort of college experience. A graduate of Neshoba Central High School, Bean says she needed a college experience that would force her to grow outside of her social norms. I have learned to really be able to like leverage and negotiate myself to go into different spaces, spaces where people look like me, where people think like me, spaces where they don't think like me, spaces where it is more than obvious that people don't want me. I needed to be somewhere where I would be extremely uncomfortable. Valley State student Devian Treadway feels differently. I absolutely love the environment surrounded by your own where you can, you can really build and you can really understand people of your own kind. I get to learn a lot about our issues, about the good things about us, and I get to see what I want to do moving forward to change things in our whole community. Although the number of students enrolling has declined, retaining students at HBCUs has also been an issue. Black schools awarded 35 percent of bachelor's degrees earned by black students in 1977. In 2016, the schools awarded 14 percent, according to the National Center for Education Statistics. Tiana Farrell started at Russ College in 2003. Because the historically black school in Holly Springs did not offer the major of her choice, she transferred to a predominantly white school. Farrell's great-great-grandmother, civil rights activist Ida B. Wells, played an instrumental role in the founding of Rust, the state's first college for blacks in 1866. You know, I did feel like I was kind of ignoring my roots and turning my back on my people for a short while. And then, you know, as I grew and matured, I knew that I was able to help my community in other ways and that graduating from that particular HBCU was not my path. 
Farrell also says the condition of aging buildings was a concern, one that William Bynum, president of Jackson State University, calls a facilities race. Predominantly white institutions, of course, are better funded uh, and better endowed, and as a result, they've been able to build better facilities. Students are exercising their choice because they've been bought up in better environments and better surroundings. Even though HBCUs are lagging in the race to build better facilities, Bynum believes the institutions are better equipped to handle the unique needs of the modern black college student. At black institutions, students are more likely to be the first in their family to attend college or from low-income households. In fact, historically black schools do a better job helping the lowest-income students become graduates with higher earnings as adults, according to the Brookings Institution. Tougaloo President Beverly Wade Hogan believes things will turn around for HBCUs, but it won't happen on its own. All of us in our HBCUs must rethink our vision and our mission and how we approach that, and we must take control of the messaging around our institutions to tell the impact and to let young people know the value of these historical black colleges and universities to our society. Hogan also says they need to do more to reach out to future students at an earlier age. We're going to have to go into the schools more. We're going to have to build alliances with our public schools because that's where we draw students. And we're going to have to be there, not just at the end when they're graduating, but we're going to have to be at the table working with principals on how you build a strong continuum of education. Both presidents we talked to admit historically black colleges and universities have their share of challenges. However, both also say HBCUs offer black students an experience they won't get anywhere else. Ashley Norwood, MPB News. Coming up, we'll hear from a group of Mississippi high school students speaking out about race issues on campus. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. As a taxi driver, I listen to MPB a lot. I learned the symptoms of a female heart attack from Southern Remedy, and it helped me to save a co-worker's life. That's my MPB story. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. A group of students at Terry High School is protecting the reported firing, or protesting rather, the reported firing of a teacher. This after the reported cancellation of a Black History Month program, a decision they say was based on race. As MPB's Ashley Norwood reports, the course of events is upsetting for some African-American students. School buses are pulling up to Terry High School in Hines County. A half hour before school starts, a group of more than 75 black students were expecting to rally across the campus. Students are upset because they believe Chelsea Clark, a teacher at the school, was recently fired after organizing what would have been the school's first Black History Month program. The program was reportedly canceled. Yesterday's plan to rally fell through when school officials and Hines County Sheriff's deputies escorted students directly from the bus into the building. 10th grade student Trayvon Lee says the black Black History Month program was canceled because administrators felt it would offend white students. We have so many threats and we're going to get expelled if we protest and we don't appreciate that. And we don't see how black history can be offensive because we learn about slaves and stuff in school and that's not offensive to us. Charles Carter, a parent, says it's time the school's officials become more transparent about what's happening at Terry High School. These are kids. 
And right now they have a lot of pressure on them concerning their schooling, and that's what they came here to, to learn. But when they notice injustice, just think the principal needs to be held accountable for some of the things that he's not doing here. The Hines County School District and Terry High School declined to answer any specific questions. In a statement, the district says it supports students' freedom of speech. Ashley Norwood, MPB News. Stay tuned to MPB Think Radio for a full slate of Mississippi-based programs all morning long. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's Money Talks. Then at 10 o'clock, it's In Legal Terms. And at 11, stay tuned for Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking. Did you miss part of the show today? Find past episodes of this and other Think Radio programs online at mpbonline.org or by downloading the MPB Public Media app, from the Apple or Google Play stores. I'm Karen Brown. Join us again tomorrow morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition, only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from the University of Mississippi School of Education, working to prepare the next generation of teachers, counselors, and educational leaders through online graduate degrees and hybrid doctoral programs. Details at education.olemiss.edu.